0: It's an honor to be here. Uh, wow, coming over here, I was just thinking, Lord, what do you want to say? Like, there's so much to talk. I wish I could spend, like, a weekend with you all, and just, there's so much I would love to talk, tell you about, um, talk about. Uh, so, I, I thought, like, does anybody here, anybody math majors, you know, biology, chemistry? Okay, it doesn't matter. Uh, I wanted to make you feel good. That's all right. (laughs) Here's one thing. Before I tell you what we do now, which is like the craziest thing I've ever done in my life, I want to tell you a couple of definitions. Here's a problem we have in life we have the wrong definition of words. Like the way we words, here's one word that we have the absolute wrong definition of time. Absolutely the wrong definition of this word. Um, That's one word. So let me just start with time so you'll know what I'm talking about the rest of the time okay here so this is it okay i want you to think like so this is a future event right here okay and here i am in the present tense right here okay you're like really we're gonna talk about this yes we are i'm in the present tense okay now time what does time actually measure so first of all time actually isn't real do you understand that? Like, there's no real such thing as time. So this is sort of quantum, physicsy y kind of stuff. But actually, time is an invention, or we could say a creation of God, okay? So if God created time, which he did, uh, you can read Augustine's Theory on Time. I don't understand it, and I ran out of time reading it. But if you had, yeah, boom. Thank you very much. Uh, but so if God created time, here's a philosophical question for you. How can time ever be bad? You know, most of, the, most of the time, when we're talking about time, it's negative, right? Like I'm running out of time, or we don't have time for this, or it's like this. Time somehow in us produces fear, okay? That, that shows you how wrong we are in our understanding of time. If you don't understand the beauty of time, you're going to be stressed out the rest of your life. You are. So let me, let me relieve that for you right now. Too bad we could do a whole retreat on time. Anyway, okay, so th- all time, me- what does time measure, actually? What does it, anyone know? What, what does time measure? It doesn't measure time. <laughs> what does it measure? It's a measurement. What is it measuring? No, that's time. Time's not measuring itself. Whose motion? Okay, what-, what kind of motion is time measuring? Yes. Okay. Who's that guy back there? I don't know who Who let him in here? No, <laughs> yeah. Okay, we're not going to quite go that far yet. That's why he's sitting on the edge of the room. He's out there on the periphery of time over there. Yes, that is true. And none of us know what you meant. But that's okay. What else is it? No, here, time measures motion. It measures how long it takes me to go from here to here. That's what it measures. It measures the movement of something. That's all it measures. Like I'm, when I'm saying I'm getting older, time is not passing, that's not actually what's happening. I'm just progressing forward through time. That's what's happening. So this object here, and I'm here, time measures how long it takes me to get from there to there. But if I don't move, that doesn't move, right? So if I'm 17, and God has this event for me in my future, which is called a kairos moment, kairos meaning time vertically, not chronologically like this, which is how we only think about time, but like this, so God has a kairos moment for you in the future. That moment does not move. What moves is you. So there's that moment up there, and that's all yours. God's like, oh, I can't wait till you walk into this thing. So that's never going to move. And nothing can move it. Satan can't. Nobody can move that event right there. What's, what's the only way I won't walk into that? If I either don't move or go that way, then I miss that. So if I do this, this is going to happen. Nothing can stop it. Time can't stop it all. Time is measuring is how long it took you to get from there to here. But here's what we think about time. This is what we think about time. Like I'm standing here, and this is going to go past me like this. And there it went, and you missed it. You missed it. You could have had that. You missed it. People teach us this stuff. You only have one chance. Nonsense. That is not true. That will never go away unless you stop. So here's an example in Scripture. So Israel are slaves. You know this story. So they're slaves through, they lost their identity, actually, so they became slaves. They lost their identity because they separated from God, which is what sin is. We'll talk about that definition in a second. So Israel loses their identity... They separate from God because they've separated from themselves. Wow, do you know what? Feel, oh, we'll get to that. So they separate. And so, and so now if you ask the Israelite, hey, what are you? What's your identity? He would say, or she, we're slaves. Now who told them that they were slaves? Did God? Nope. He would never say that to a person. So who told them? Do you know who told them they were slaves? I guess Egypt, you're a slave. But who has to agree? They do. They have to agree to that. So really, the person that calls them slaves is really themselves, because they're the ones that make it true. And so now I'm a slave. I'm a slave identity, so I don't have any big dreams. I can't have any big aspirations, because I will never make that. Be realistic. Can you imagine a young Israeli child is born... He doesn't know he's a slave yet. He thinks he's free, or she. And they're laying there, you know, I think I'm going to be a famous performer, singer. And the parents go, let's be realistic. First of all, that doesn't earn a good living in life. Second of all, you need to look around and see who you really are, your slave. Or you're not good at math, or you're not smart enough, or you're not attractive enough. All those words. And then the little kid starts to actually, oh yeah, that's right, you're right. I don't know what I was thinking there for a second. I thought, you know, it was like I could do anything. Well, we don't have time for that right now. We've got to get to work as slaves. Okay. And the whole next generation buys into the lie. For 400 years of that lie. But God never said, hey, just so you guys know, you're slaves. Just so you know. Or you're not smart enough. Or you're not attractive enough. Or you look the wrong way. Or just so you know, I want you to know. You might think you're good at something. You're not really so, get to work. You better earn that before you start talking like that. Okay, and the next generation dies in that false belief. But God intervenes because of this one midwife, actually, not even Moses. A midwife and Moses' parents are like, yeah, we're not going to go by this anymore. Like, we don't accept this anymore. And all the power of Pharaoh to crush them doesn't matter to them. It says because they feared God more than the power of Egypt. Is that how you live? I'm not afraid of anything out there because because I fear God. And the fear of God, the Bible says, is the beginning of wisdom. What are you afraid of? God plus what? Nothing. Wow. Then you could be anything he says. Yep. Yep. But, so, Israel, you know the story, they get liberated, we can all talk about Moses and his identity and his little mistakes and all that, but they get free and they come out, and they, they're baptized through the, the wilderness, and they're out there, and God's in front of them, behind them, feeding them, you know, and all that stuff, and they, and they become warriors, and they learn how to self-govern so they're having all these community college classes on the move about governance and military strategy and tribal divisions and how do you, what's good stewardship and how do you do this and how do you move a nation and how do you change a nation's identity while they're walking from slave to lights on the hill, royal priesthood. That's what's happening to them. They're going through an identity transformation as they're walking through the wilderness where everything has to be pulled away from them. Not what's true, it's pulling away what's false that they believe about themselves. That's the work of God. (laughs) To get you to stop believing all the lies that you believe about yourself right now and start believing and moving in what's actually true about you. That's what's happening to them. It's not a fun process because those lives of the world, you get used to coping with them and managing them. And you kind of get, you know, it's like the Israelites, they get out in the wilderness and they're like, remember back when we were slaves, how good that was. That's how they start talking. Like, what? Yeah, remember? Remember making straw and mud pies? Remember how good that was? And maybe only Joshua and Caleb are going, you guys, what's wrong with you? You're accepting, you're accepting the lies about yourself like they're good. You won't even say they're bad anymore. You're like, well, it's just who I am. It is what it is. That statement is straight from hell. That's, I hate that statement. It is what it is. I hate that. Do you ever remember Jesus? The disciples looking. I'm going. Well, it is what it is. He would never say something that stupid. What it means is there's nothing beyond this. Always not true. Never true. This is what Jesus says. Well, it is what. That's going to be the amazing thing in the future that that is. That's how he talks about it. It's not this fatal. anyway. So they start. They're dreaming about. I wish we were slaves again. That's how deceptive that is. But they're going and they're going. And they go through everything, and they get to the promised land, and there it is. There it is. It's never moved. It's always just been right there. They're walking around, you know, in the desert, like, what's over here? Let's build a cave. that doesn't work. This has never moved. Never moved. They're over here. Now they're over here. What about this? I don't know. Let's be slaves again. No. This has never moved. Not gone anywhere. It hasn't passed them up. You blew that. Ah, you missed that. Eighth grade was your only chance of that. You blew it. Not true. You know who says that stuff? Satan. They're wandering around. God's like, hey, it's over here. It hasn't gone anywhere. It's right there waiting for you. I don't care, as they'll see. How old are you? It doesn't matter how old you are. And they get there finally. And they send in the spies, you know. And Joshua and Caleb and the spies. And they're in there like, wow. they come out. And Joshua and Caleb are like, let's do it. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. And the spies are like, well... I don't know. They're giants, and you know, that is what it is. And Joshua and away, that is not what it is. That is not what it is. That's our land. We're going in. But they won't do it. Here's what they do. Here they go. Well, I don't know. You know, I don't know. I don't know. That thing doesn't move. The enemy can only do two things to you in your life. Get you to stop. Or go a different direction. That's all he can do. He can't move that thing. That thing is waiting for you. And so like, wow, we need some time to think about it. So we're going to just do this for a while. This is really fun. I love this kind of life. We're just going to walk around in a circle. How long? I don't know. And Joshua and Caleb are like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Well, I'm not good at that. We might lose. Oh, this is better? This is better. Yeah, I could just live right here, you know, for 40 years. This is exciting. At least we're not slaves anymore. We're this now. We're free to do this. And then they start to, and God's like, how long do you want to do that? And so, like, if they did that for 10 years, and they re- after 10 years, they're like, you know, this is boring. Let's take the land. God would be, here we go. It's right here. Here we go. Come on. Let's go. Let's go. Here we go. He would have been, Let's go. Well, we need another 10 years of this. Because, you know, we're not smart and they're mean out there. They're liberal over there. You know, I can't go there. You know, they'll hurt us. I might lose my faith there. It's so strong right in this spot. But over there, God's really strong right here. But over there, I don't think he's over there. So I'm going to stay right here. 25 years. You know what? This. Let's just try. Okay. Right there. God's like, here it is. Come on. Let's go. Let's go. He's not like, 25 years, you blew it. It's passed. Nope. Never. Nope. Come on. Here we go. Let's go. <laughs> Joshua and Caleb are like, let's go. They're standing right here. Let's go. Here we go. We can't go until you come. You know, if I was them and I knew that God's like, the only thing that's going to stop this is if all of them die. I would have been at night like with Joshua and Caleb like one more down. Okay. There's another one. <laughs> Like let's speed this thing up. They're not going in. They believe all the lies about themselves that the enemy says. We don't. Let's speed it up. That's how nice Joshua and Caleb were. Anyway, so they all die out. Nothing this never moves. They just lose they just die and miss it. But not cuz it moved. Time is your is your friend. Time you are eternal. You and nothing can stop any Cairo's moment that lies ahead of you, and you don't know how many there are. You have no. I, I, we're walking into things I've. I, I never even imagined that we could do. But when we see them, we run. We run to them. Like I want that thing right now. That's what Jesus wants. See that thing right there? Yeah. Do you want to walk on the water? Get out of the boat. Come on, let's go. Let's go. I want to walk on the water like you. Get out. Well. That's a storm, and it is what it is. Like, eh, all right. Like that. So time, number one, time. Time is not an enemy. T- enjoy it. Relax. Calm down. Enjoy it. Here's what the time that you're most concerned with. Jesus says it all the time. Present tense. That's your time. The present tense. That's your time to think about. Right now. That's it. Good decisions right now, you'll walk into these things the rest of your life. I'm telling you. The other day, the other day I was in. We're living in Seattle now, and this guy calls me, young guy, 31, young to me. He calls me and he says, "Hey Jamie, I heard you do this thing. Can you come over to my house? I want to write a Netflix series." He's a film guy. I'm like, okay, all right. He goes, "I want to make one of the characters." Just your experiences. But I need, I need you to tell me the stories and I want to weave them into a Netflix series that we're getting ready to produce. And I'm like, okay, yes. So I go with him and I go to his, he lives in Seattle, sit in his townhouse. He puts out a tape recorder and he goes, just say whatever you want to say. And so I just start talking and I'm thinking, how did I get here? How did I get here? Now this guy, he's done this before. This is what he does. He's a believer, and he's trying to write. Netflix is buying all kinds of new stuff right now because he's in the industry. Um, he, he knows what's available, and so he's like, we've got to figure out how to share the gospel in a world that doesn't want to hear the gospel. Do you know how to do that? Of course you do. But, but to do it, you have to think in a new way. Can you think in a new way? Ah, there's the problem. There's the problem. Can you think in a new way? Can you think in a different way? So when Bob asked me to come here, which I'm honored to do, I started thinking, he asked me, he was telling me what's going on, and I thought, you know, I'm going to talk, I want to talk about this one word, and this word is pioneer, pioneer. And the reason, it's not a brilliant word that I came up with, it's because a group of Millennials in Atlanta, they're marketplace, we call them marketplace people, they're in industry, they're in the film industry, they're in Amazon, they're in all these places, Millennials, so whatever age that is, young, and they said to me, would you come and tell us what it means to be a pioneer? And I was like, I don't know what that is, but then I thought, is it even in the Bible, the word pioneer, is that in the Bible? Because I can't think of where it would be in the Bible, and then so I, you know, so then I went and read the Bible. And it is there four times. Only four times. It's not the word pioneer exactly. It's translated in English. Sometimes as pioneer. Um, it's two times in Acts and two times in Hebrews. I love Hebrews. Wow, what a book, Hebrews. Here's, the, here's what he, my favorite line in Hebrews is this. But we do see Jesus. That's my favorite line in the book of Hebrews. Every time we're ready to quit because it is what it is. Then we to go, yeah, you know what, but we do see Jesus and he, he wouldn't have quit here. I love oh. that. Well, we got to love our enemies and we got to, we're doing this thing with human trafficking, anti-human trafficking. We're going to trying to set up a strategy to actually win the traffickers and nobody wants to do it. You know why? Do you know why people don't want to win the traffickers? Why do you think? Yeah, because they're just, we don't like them. Remember Jesus said, just win the victims, don't win the bad guys. Remember that? Me neither. Uh I remember that. But like we don't like that. I'm in the room with believers, I'm like, let's win the traffics, And they're like, Why? Why? Jesus said, go, go into part of the world and make disciples. Which part? The part we like? The nice people part and win them. Like, no. The people that act like Christians win them. No, no, no. The ones that don't act like it, them. So we're doing this really cool thing, trying to do it. But our problem is, no. everyone just thinks the same way about everything. It's, it's so frustrating. What are you going to do? Well, we're going to do this, and everyone's already done that before. Let's think of something new. What are we going to do? I had this professor in graduate school. This ling- she was a linguist, world-famous linguist. I would write a paper and give it to her, and she goes, we already know this. That's what she would say to me in grad school. We already know this. Can you bring me something that we don't know yet? Wow, what a professor. Because then all you're doing is imitating other people. and that's not what we want, is it? Just to be like somebody else? That's not the goal, is it? But it's to be a pioneer. So what does that word mean? So uh, here it is. If you're taking notes, and I want to try and do this at the tables. We'll give it a shot. What time are we done here? Okay, thank you very much. <laughs> okay, Hebrews chapter 2. Okay, this is the word pioneer. So when I think of pioneer, you know, I think of Trailblazer and people that loaded up a wagon and walked two miles an hour across America. Um, that's if they didn't take the grandparents. That was like high speed. Um, that was my idea, but that's actually not the right idea of what it is. Um, It actually comes from the word that means infantry. It's a French word that means... So is a pioneer a French infantryman? That's not very noble um, for a lot of reasons. So, no, that's not it. (laughs) So all the way back to the Greek, which is a very different word. Um, And here's here's what pioneer means in the Greek. It means causal, to be causal. Okay, so causal means that you're the first cause of what's happening. You don't react to stuff, you cause stuff. That's what you are. When you go into, wherever you go into, you go in there to cause things to happen. That's what you do. Not like, oh, how do I navigate what's here? How do I adjust and cope with this awful place? You, wow, this place needs a first cause. Thank God that you sent me here. Because we need some drastic, different thinking in this place. When you get to that, when you get to that thinking level, you will walk into Kairos moments faster than you can think of them. Because God's like, oh, you think you're a first cause now? Good, I need you right here, right here, right here, right here, right here. Because all the other Christians in these places are standing here going, how do I self-protect myself here? How do I self-protect and self-promote here? Because uh, they're going to get me here. How do I build a wall around myself so no one can get in and I can protect myself? Like that's what that's what Satan wants you to think. Jesus, like, we're taking this place over. We're taking this place over. Yeah, but they want to kill you. They can't. That's how he talks. They can't. We're like, that's why the disciples are like, who is this guy? Who is this guy? Like, who is he? So it means first cause. You're the first cause of something. And I was speaking on this in a city, and I was saying. We've got to be causal. Be causal, not because. Be causal. Why are you here? To be causal, not because I have to. Be causal. I'm here to cause something. What? I don't know. What do we cause it, Lord? What do we cause it? Because, listen, listen. N- remember this: the smallest group you'll ever. First of all, you'll never be alone. You're never alone. Never, never, never alone. You'll, the smallest group you'll ever be in is four. You, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. What else do you want with you? You know why? We don't believe that stuff. That's why. But that's the truth. So we're in a place to be causal. Listen to this passage. Listen to this passage from Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 9. Now putting everything in subjection to him. Okay, so here's a look. Test, quiz, ready? Here we go. What is not in subjection to him, Jesus? What's not in subjection to him? Let me read the verse again to help you think. Putting everything in subjection to him. What's not in subjection to him? Nothing. What are you afraid of then? What are we afraid of? Because our number one operating emotion is fear. I'm telling you, I was driving, I grew up here, and I was driving just around, I graduated from Parkview, you know, and all that, and I was driving around places I, just moments in my life, some I wish I didn't remember, but, and I was there, and I was just thinking, so much of my life is built in fear. So much of my growing up was stressed out, fear, anxious about stuff. Like, why? I certainly wasn't a pioneer. I was just reacting through things, trying to survive. Really? Is that what the mind of Christ is for? Now putting everything in subjection to him, he left nothing outside of his control. God left nothing outside of Jesus' control. Do you ever think things are outside of your control? They all are, but they're never outside of his control, so you can relax. Lord, what am I in charge of? You're actually in charge of nothing. Oh. Is no one in charge? No. I'm in charge of everything. What a deal. That is like the best. Come be with me. To do what? I don't know, whatever I want to do. What's my part? To be with me. Here's what it it says. Jesus called to be with him. This is when he picked the disciples. Jesus called to be with him those he wanted to be with him in order that they might be with him. What's the goal of Jesus calling the disciples? To be with him? That's why he's called Emmanuel. It doesn't say, and Jesus called those guys to put to work so that when he got them, he could put them to work. In order that they would get to work. And it's their responsibility. That's not why he called them. In order that he could be with them and they could be with him. Wow. To do what? Let's be causal together. Because apart from me, guess what you're going to do? Nothing. But with me, guess what you can't do? Nothing. Everything. You can do it all. Let's go. Let's be causal. Why are you with Jesus? Be causal. That's why. To be causal. In what? I don't, whatever my identity is in the kingdom that he calls me. Now, putting everything in subjection to him, he left nothing outside of his control. At present, oh, here's the problem. We do not yet see everything in subjection to him. Mm. In the present tense, we don't see everything in subjection to him. But it is. But you don't see it. Yeah, but I don't see it. That's okay. You can't see everything. Here's, here's another beautiful fact. You don't know everything. And that that's a relief to me. Because people are always tell me, You know what's happening? And I'm like, actually I don't. I'm like, oh well, don't you read the paper? Yeah, but I don't think they all know either. Don't you read the internet? I'm sure they don't know. Because that whole thing's nothing but self protection and self promotion and shaming each other. That's all that is. It's a relief to say, I don't know. I actually don't know. Am I supposed to know? No. Why? Because I'm not in control. He's in control, but I'm with him, and we're being causal together. Isn't that awesome? Is it is what it is? Nope, never, 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 never. It's not true. It is what is yet to be seen. Oh, yes, that's called faith. Faith is a substance of the things you hope for, the things that you haven't seen yet. Hmm. But we, do, but we do see Jesus. Here he goes. But we do see Jesus. Like there When you doubt this stuff, look at Jesus. That's, Jesus is the word of God. He is God in the flesh. He's the exact representation of the invisible God. What would God be doing here? Look at Jesus. There he is. But we do see Jesus. When we think things are out of control. But we do see Jesus. Does he look like things are out of control? No. Nope. That's why he's here. So we have someone to look at and go, Oh, that's why you want to know the Gospels. Read the Bible. But we do see Jesus, who was made lower than the angels for a little while, now crowned with glory. He won. He came down. He did his thing down here, and he won. What happens if you're with Jesus? You win. How do you know? We see Jesus. He won. Did he ever lose? Never. Did he ever think he was going to lose? No. Isn't that unbelievable? Here's how Jesus is going into a situation. Every situation, he says to his disciples, we're going to win this one. Every single situation. They're, 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 they're beating him. They're arresting him. Jesus, what should we do? No, oh, we're going to win this one. You're Jesus, you're losing. We hate to tell you, you're losing. No, 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 no. You don't know. You don't know. You think them killing me is us losing. Yes. Yes, we do think that. You're wrong. That's not true. When they kill me, we win. Oh. Well, so Jesus, Jesus, he's going to walk all the way to the cup that the Father has and stop and turn and go another way because it's dangerous. And this is all about me protecting my life. Jesus doesn't want me to die. With Jesus, you can never die. Did you not read that? With Jesus, you cannot die. Do you believe that? No. That's why I'm afraid. Because I don't believe any of that. Wow. Don't you call yourself a believer? No, I call myself a Christian. This is different. I can be a Christian or religious and not believe any of it actually. It's just a team name. It's a jersey I wear. I'm a Christian. We're on that team. What do you believe? You're on your own, buddy. You better protect yourself because Jesus will get you killed. And the world looks at us like, wow, you guys, I don't get what you're talking about because you talk like this and then you live like me. <laughs> like, you must not have a big God. You must have the little one I have. Come be afraid with me because I'm afraid of you. Okay. Like that. So Jesus is walking. He's going through there. He, he, this is every, situation to, every situation to Jesus is a win-win situation. Every situation is a win. How many situations are you in in a day where you're pretty sure you're going to lose? Like, this is going to go bad. And this is how we say I'm going to die here. That's how we say it. I'm going to die in that boardroom. I have a great idea. Go in and say it. They'll kill me there. Because we're afraid to die. We're afraid to die in school. We're afraid to die in a conversation. We're afraid that we're going to look stupid. That's dying to us. We're afraid of it. It terrifies us. I have a really good idea, but if I say it, they may think I'm stupid. So what? Because even if you die there, Jesus will raise you again. Like that's what he does. In fact, it's probably better if you die there because then you'll come back in a new, greater form. The idea will be better. Which is how ideas work. So as soon as you're in a situation where you think you're going to lose, you will self-protect, which means you can't be your true identity because now you're fake. Oh, now I'm going to protect myself. Oh, I'm not going to say it. And the Lord's like, "Don't say 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 it. They're going to think I'm stupid. They already think you're stupid to prove that you're smart. Say the idea. Say the idea. Let them know who you really are. It'll freak them out. I took a, I took a guy. I've done this so many times in the last year. A guy, I was invited to speak at this thing, really prestigious kind of snobby thing. And, um, so, uh, and so I took a guy, an unknown guy, 26-year-old, with me. And I'm sitting in the back, and they're, uh, he's like, man, he says, Jamie, I can't wait to hear you speak on this. Oh, I'm not speaking. You're speaking. He's like, did you tell him? No, we're going to surprise him. (laughs) You're speaking. And he's like, I can't do it. Yes, you can. You're better at this topic than I am. You just don't believe it. And the only way to believe something is through experiential revelation. Not by sitting in a room going, I love Hudson Taylor. That doesn't change anything. It's like, get out there and do it. So he goes up there, and next to me, on my right, he's sitting on my right. On my left side is a guy, a, a, a pretty well-known writer. He's writing a book on leadership strategies in the U.S. And so this guy, his name's Grant, goes up, and Grant does this 10-minute like TED talk. And the guy next to me is like, who is this kid? Where, how does he know this stuff? i like, I don't know. I just, in case he bombed, you know, like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. They're trying to elevate the next generation. I don't know. And uh, he's, and the guy's writing notes down about what this 26-year-old is saying. And I said, what are you writing a book on? He goes, leadership, training in leadership. And I said, what's it about? And he goes, the leadership industry in the United States is killing the United States. Because they're not teaching how to be leaders. They're teaching how to make money on teaching leadership which is very, it's just commercial. It's not, it's not how to be a leader. It's just so you'll come to my seminar on how to be a leader. And we think you're a great leader because we're at your seminar paying you 2,000 bucks to teach us how to be a leader. So lead us. But this kid stood up and actually told how to be a leader. And this guy took notes on him. And, and this kid became a source for his what to do to teach real leadership. A 26-year-old. Just gra- graduated from the University of Washington. You know who could do that? You can do that. Any one of you could do that. Do you know why you won't? Because you don't think you can. That's why you don't believe it. But we do see Jesus. He can do it. He can take fishermen and turn them into what in the who are they? That's what he can do. So quick move. Stop talking.. Shh. I want to get to this. But we do see Jesus who was made lower than the angels for a little while. there's his submission, his' humility. Now crowned with glory, there's his real honor. And, and honor because he suffered death. Why, why, does, why is Jesus crowned with glory and honor? Because he suffered death. Not because he was the smartest person in the room. Because he lived out his identity all the way. That's why he wins. He never comes out of his identity, ever, ever, never. And he knows what it is. So that by the grace of God, he might taste death for everyone. He's dying for you. It's more than just he died on the cross and you can go to heaven. It's way more than that. That's beautiful. That's incredible. But he died. He died so that he can taste death for you. Why? In bringing many sons and daughters to glory, it was fitting that God for whom and through whom everything exists. Why why do things exist? Because God made them. Everything that exists. And this is what it says. Should make their pioneer this is Jesus? Jesus is the pioneer of our salvation. He's the first cause of our redemption. He's the pioneer. What's He pioneering? Rescue from what? Death. Every kind of death. Not just end of life. Every death that you're terrified of. Looking stupid feeling guilty, shameful, all that, all that. He came to die for that. When? In the present tense. He died for your feeling of death in your present tense. Right now, the places in your life where you're afraid. And the reason you're afraid is because you feel like you're going to die there. Whatever that definition of die. You're not going to make it. He made the the pioneer of our salvation perfect through what? Through what he suffered. Here's a clue. How do I become the pioneer of what I'm supposed to do? Through what you suffer. There is no way to be what you're supposed to be without suffering. There's no way. You show me any successful person. The other day, my phone rings. This guy, I, he tells me who he is. He's a, nationally, he's a major league baseball pitcher. Like he says his name, I'm like, Oh, there's a picture named that. And he goes, yeah, that's um, that's me. Okay, all right, okay, wow. Like, how'd you get my number? He's like, what, it doesn't matter, does it? No, continue. Here's what he says, here's what he says. Now imagine this person calls you. He's in his third year. It's really good, actually. And this is what he says. He goes, "Uh, I'm afraid to play in the baseball park in Oakland. I'm like, okay. He goes, and the fear is causing me to pitch poorly, especially when I'm there. But now I'm pitching poorly everywhere. How do I overcome that fear? Could you, answer, could you help him through that? Yes, you could. Do you know why? Because you're experts in overcoming fear. Once you know how to overcome fear, you can, you can win a whole city to faith. Because fear is what's causing them to be separate from God. But if you're afraid, you can't help them. All you can do is give them a little cliche speech that they know is nonsense as soon as you say it. It's like, oh, yeah, I know how. To, I, yeah, I was afraid once of getting on airplanes. Like, what? It's the same fear, right? It's the fear. So I walk him through it. He weeps on the phone. I asked him, by the way, when he's done. I say, Will you come speak at a youth retreat? Yeah. So that's how much I make him pay uh, on this. And he weeps on the phone. We walk through it. He hears the Lord talk to him while we're on the phone and says this to him. Baseball is not your identity. We don't care about baseball. We care about you. And your identity is a voice of the voiceless. He goes, I'm a voice for the voiceless. I'm like, good. I'm not a baseball player. No, you're a voice for the voiceless who's a really good pitcher. But if you stop being a voice for the voiceless, you're not going to be a good pitcher anymore because you're going to lose your joy. And when you lose your joy, it's going to be work. And when it becomes work, you're going to hate baseball. Be a voice for the voiceless wherever you are. He sent me an email a week later, and he said, I'm going around to my team telling them, Baseball's not your identity. <laughs> do you know what he's doing? He's evangelizing his team. I didn't have to tell him to evangelize his team. I had to show him how to not be afraid. And then he knew what to say to his team. But we do see Jesus. What is Jesus really teaching those disciples? What is he really teaching them? He's teaching them how to hear God and know their identity. That's what he's teaching them. That's why he doesn't have to go, okay, take four steps here. Say these three words. That's not how he teaches them. He's like, see the world out there? I give you everything that I am. All my power, everything. I've taken away your fear of death. I've taken away all the fear. Don't be afraid. Here's everything I have. Go out there and win the place. And they're like, where should we go? Out there. Where? Where are you going? Well, I was just going over to CVS. Okay, there. You win them. Where are you going? Well, I was just going down there. Yeah, you win them. That's how he does it. He's not like, you specifically have to go 19 steps there. He doesn't talk like that to them. They wish he would. They wish he would. He won't. What do we need to do? You need to know who you are in the kingdom really well. And don't get your identity from the people around you or what you do or what you have. Get your identity from God and listen to his voice all the time. It's called the Holy Spirit. Learn to walk in the Spirit. Mind of Christ, fill with the Spirit. God is for you, Jesus is with you, and the Spirit is in you. Go get him. You cannot lose. In what industry? Any industry. In what vocation? Any vocation. In what country? Every country. Go. Where do you want to go? Well, I've kind of always, go. Go do Go there. Yeah, go there. Just live in your true identity and don't separate from me. One more thing here. Listen to this. So he's the pioneer of your salvation. He's the first cause of your redemption so that you can become the first cause of redemption for a world, for a school, for the people around you, the first cause of new ways to think about everything that's out there, new ways to do education, new ways to do police work, new ways to do everything. Be a first cause. Stop just reacting and imitating people. Doesn't God didn't die for you to imitate people. Right? Compare yourself to people. He died so that you could live in the identity that he gave you. And so that you could walk tight with him. And you could hear his voice. And you could hear him go, no, 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 no. Don't stop. Come on. Come on. Come on. Don't be afraid of these people. Come on. Like that. He says this. Since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity so that by his death he might, listen what he came to break, so that he might break the power of him who holds the power of death. So the enemy's broken. He broke the power of him who holds the power of death. That one's gone. That is the devil. But listen to this. And free those, this is us. This is really us. And free those who all their lives, all their lives, were held in slavery Held in slavery by not death, their fear of death, their fear of death, not death, their fear of death. What are you afraid of? What are you afraid of? 12 Hebrews 12 says this, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, people who went before us who showed us not to be afraid, not to imitate. Let us throw off everything that hinders and sin. Okay, here's my definition for sin for you all, sin. Here's what sin means, to separate. That's what it means, to separate. What happens after you separate is morally you go down the drain. But to go morally down the drain, you have to separate. The enemy's number one goal, when he attacks Jesus in the the wilderness, when Jesus is baptized, Two definitions real quick before I'm done. Two definitions. Identity. What is the definition of identity? Here's the definition of identity. Never forget this, because this is where the enemy is killing all of us, is in this definition. Here's the definition of identity according to not just all of anthropological history up until the Age of Enlightenment where it changed into something different, but before, prior to that, all the way up to Descartes and all those guys. And scripturally, here's the definition of identity. Identity is received... Identity is only received. You don't come up with your own identity. No one has ever come up with their own identity. False, false, false. Identity is received in community, in community, through the imagination. That sounds funny. Hold on. Don't freak out. God owns every word. God hasn't lost track of words. We've lost track of them. Identity is received in community, never by yourself, in community. Through the imagination or prayer or the intuitive mind from God. That's identity. That's the true definition of identity. Okay, so the enemy can't take away your identity. He just wants you never to know it. So the enemy counterfeits things. He can't take them away. He just counterfeits them, and we go for the false thing. Here's the counterfeit to true identity. It's called radical individualism. Radical individualism is generated Inside of myself, in isolation, and it has, it's, has nothing to do with God. That's it. We're, try not to think too Christian on this. Even in cultures a long time ago, even today in a bar mitzvah, the reason you receive your identity in community is so that you never question the community that you're in. You're part of a community. You're never alone. You're part of a community, and your role in the community is this identity, and you never question it. So you never try and be like any other identity in the community, because there are already those identities. You're the new identity, you're this identity, and the whole community comes around and goes, "You know what?" And they look around and they, they look around and they go, "What happened the day this kid was born?" That was happening. That was happening. Wow, it's all related to his birth. What, what think And then that, OK, here's who you are." And they name it, that child. And the child knows that that identity, it's not present in the community, the community's not as strong. So they never get on the internet and and go, I wish I was that identity. They'll never do that because that identity we already have. We need this one to survive. And that's what Paul's talking about. He says, you're a hand or a foot or an eye. Why would you want to be something else? We already have them. And they can't do what you can do. So why are you trying to be like them? Your identity in the kingdom of God is what God called you in your community because that's what you are. And when you're not that, you will die. But so will your community. So we're all trying to be like one person on Instagram. We all find one Christian leader. Let's all be like that. Why? That's what the enemy wants you to do, because you'll never be like that. Never. And so well, I gotta promote myself because I try to be like that. And I'm not like that, so I gotta protect myself, and it's okay that, it's like just be who you're supposed to be in your true identity, like that. Be that. If you're that, you won't be afraid. You won't be afraid. That, because then you're in perfect love, and perfect love casts out all fear. God, I love who I am. I love who you made me to be. Beautiful. Go be that. And then you're free. People go, well, you're not like them. I know I'm not them. Doesn't that make sense? I'm not them. I'm not trying to be like them. But I'm not trying to put up some false thing. It's like this is how my community sees me. Okay, so... We have this cloud of witnesses that goes before us. You can read the Bible. Watch people in the Bible get there, understand their identity, and live it out in their community. Watch them do it. And they get it from God. And then when they go live it in the community, the whole community benefits from you being alive. Your whole community benefits. The enemy wants you separate from your identity and alone out there somewhere, and you will perish. But so will the culture because we need you. And we don't have you anymore. Mm, I wish I had to, I, we could do this together. It's so fun. So let me give you one example. We'll do it together, and then I'll be quiet. We're done. So the other, a few weeks ago, gosh, I was at this luncheon put on by CEO, C-level, CEOs, C-level leaders of Seattle, and they do these things where they talk about best business practice. So I'm at it, and before it starts, the guy that's running it comes up to me. He runs the most successful restaurant in Seattle. I mean, it's... Um, People fly from around the world to come to this place. They only serve dinner. They're openly open three nights. It's amazing. He's running the business practice. He happens to be a believer. He says to me, hey, Jamie, when I get done, can you stand up and say the difference between identity and vocation? Because people are always confused. They think their job is their identity you know, or school or whatever. So I do a thing. I did it. When it's over, another guy comes to me and goes, hey, that guy over there, That guy said, he's the captain of training for Seattle Police Department. I'm like, really? Because we had been praying for a long time that God would let us go inside a, a metropolitan police department and teach how to overcome fear, guilt, and shame in the life of the police officer as part of the actual training so that the police officer will come to faith in the academy and go out and be your best mission force possible in the city. We've always wanted to do this, and I've always asked the Lord, just get us in the door, get us in the door. And so... We're just prepared in the present for this day to come. We pray, prepare. And we're just walking closer and closer to it. Boom, I'm in this weird situation. There he is. There's the captain of all the training of Seattle. There he is. There's, there it is. Go, go. What if I'm afraid to talk to this guy? What if I'm not prepared? I'm not, I'm not prepared. I've been preparing you for like your whole life. Go over there and talk. So I'm walking to him like, what do I say? What do I say? What do I say? I'm not kidding. This is how I pray. This is what your prayer life is supposed to be like. What do I say? What do I say? That's what they had. Jesus, how do you know how do you know what to say there? The Father told me. Do you not get that? Jesus like, do you not get that? The way I know is not because I'm Jesus. The way I know is because I can hear the Father talking to me and I can see what he's doing and I'm in line with it. Because I won't separate from myself and I won't separate from him. That's sin to do that. And once you get out there, man, you're so messed up, you will doing stupid stuff and you'll ruin yourself. Stay, stay tight to who he is. Stay tight to who you are. Love other people the way that you love yourself and the right identity. Do that. So I'm walking over to this captain. He's over there, super busy. Seattle PD's in a lot of interesting trouble right now. I mean, it's a big department. I'm walking over. What do I say? What do I say? I have this idea. It comes to my mind right when I walk up to him. Hello, I'm Jamie Winship. The guy's like... Pretty good talk on vocation versus identity. Yeah, thank you very much. Hey, have you ever heard of transformational policing? He goes, no. And I go, well, you ought to, you know, or I don't know, to, well, good. And he goes, do you under, do you know that? And I said, oh, yeah, you know, yes. He, he said, I'd love to get with you and talk about what that is. Okay, all right. We set a time. I'm not even into my car. His l- s- lieutenant texts me, the captain, I'd like to meet with you this date for an hour, this coffee shop. I'm like, beautiful. So now we're in the land all of a sudden. Wow. We're in the land. And guess my first thought? Let's get out of this land as fast as we can get out of here. Like, here's what I, yeah, right. Here's my thought. I don't know what transformational policing is. I don't know what that is. I'm like, that was a beautiful statement. What is that? What is it? Like, I got to know by the time I get with this guy, like, what is that? I mean, it was beautiful. Both of us were like, yeah, that's a beautiful term. What is that? I don't I don't know, but I'll know by then, right? Jesus said, don't, don't, don't worry about when you get in front of kings and princes and democrats and all kinds of people when you get in front of them. Don't be afraid of them because in that day I'll tell you what to say. I'll tell you what to say. Don't be afraid. Get out there among them. You need to be among them deep inside the lost community because they don't know what they're doing. But you need to know what you're doing. You need to be able to hear the Father in your true identity. They don't need to hear a Christian presentation. They need to hear you speak in your true identity the words that the Father is speaking to you. That's what they need to know how to do. So I meet with them. I pray my guts out. What's transformation? You know, transformation. And this is what it says in, in, in Hebrews. It says, let us run with perseverance the race marked out before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer. The first cause. The pioneer. The pioneer. And the perfecter of our faith. He's the one that initiated, he caused it, and he will take it through. Go in there as a first cause with the first cause. Not the little reactionary God that's like, don't talk, don't talk, don't talk, don't don't talk. Don't talk, they're atheists. Don't talk. They'll think you're stupid. That's not him. He's never like that. Start talking. How? In your true identity. Speak in your true identity. I made your identity be in this situation. If I, if, if I didn't want you in this situation, I would get one of these kids at RBC to do it. They can do it. It's not their identity. It's yours. I, I get one of them. They need experience. Like, I, I you know, like, I don't want to be. So I go to sit with him, and he's like, well, he goes, I'm super. He goes, I have one hour. I have one hour. What is transformational policing? And I just, I didn't say it to him. Listen, I, I, Jesus doesn't say things to people. He does things to people. That's what he does. And so Jesus reaches inside. Oh, my gosh. I wish we had a weekend retreat to do this together. But he, I, the Lord's like, don't tell him. Do it. Lead the guy through transformation right here. How, how else are you going to explain? Do you have an hour? Get going. Uh, uh, Okay, now here's another key thing. Sharing the gospel is not magic. It's not magic words and magic formulas. It's not. You don't have to say magic. Okay, I have to say six words. Shh, shh. I have to say six words to get Jesus to act in this coffee shop. Because if I don't say the six right words, he's not going to show up. I have to say Jesus four times. Wait. I have to say Jesus four times. Jesus, Jesus. Okay, okay, here we go. Like that. Like, you do? Who told you that? Yeah, you you have to say these these particular sentences, and you have to do these six actions, or this thing's going to go bust. We're going to lose. Oh, you're in a win-lose situation. Yes. Oh, yes. Then you're already out. Get out. Jesus like, get out, get out, get out, get out, get out. Come on, over here, come over here with me. Stay there, Captain. Come over here with me. Why do you think you're going to lose? Why do you think you're going to lose? Who told you you're going to lose? Did I tell you you were going to lose? No. What did I tell you? We always win. Well. All right, okay. Ready? Yeah, ding. All right, here we go. Like, that's what Jesus will do. He's so good. He loves it. He's like, wait, 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 wait. It's time out, time out. Come over here. Do you not really believe this stuff? That's why he puts you in those places, because he wants you in this little process, this little three-point process. Truth-telling is called confession. Truth-tell. Truth-telling leads to mind change. Truth-tell leads to mind change. If you never tell the truth, God, I don't believe you, really, and I don't really think you love me. If you never tell the truth to God, he can never change your mind. I love you. I love you. No, you don't. No, you don't. Stop saying that. Tell me why you're struggling. I love you. All things work together. Stop saying that verse to me. Stop saying Romans 8 to me. Tell me the truth about what you really feel down here. Tell me the truth. And suffering helps bring it out. It's the beauty of suffering. Because you're going to fall down. If you keep telling me these clues, you're going to run into a wall. Tell me the truth. And you tell them the truth. And that leads to mind change. Repentance. Confession leads to mind change. Mind change leads to form change transformation. That's the whole process. Truth tell. Mind change. Form change. Anyway, I do it to them. Three hours. Three hours he sits with me going, what the heck are you doing to me? Three hours. He won't leave. He goes, can you do this with the sergeants? We have 35 newly promoted sergeants. Can you go in a room and do this without talking about Jesus at all? Yes. I didn't think yes, but I heard this voice. i say yes. Yes. Yes, we can. Yes, we can. Me and my three partners here can do this. He goes, I'll get you in there. You have one hour. Do, say, in one hour, what you said to me, and let the sergeants vote. And if the sergeants vote that they want you training in the academy, we'll do it. Okay, all right, yes, go home. I'm terrified. You know, the Lord takes you through this, and He goes, "Ready? Next level. Here we go. Next level." I'm like, "No, no, no! I love this level. I love this level. This is a good level for me. Like, don't push me. Don't push me. Don't push me." The Lord's like, "I'm going deep. I'm going deep. Let's go. Let's go. That was nothing. That was training. No, here we're going deep. No, I don't want to go deep. I thought this was deep." I'm glad it's not deep. I don't want to go deep. No, we're going deep. Three weeks later, I'm standing in front of the sergeants who don't know who I am, 35 newly promoted 10-year veterans, bored out of their mind, hate the world. We're not going to win. It's all stupid, all that kind of stuff. And this is how they're looking at me. And, and I walk up, and the, and the sergeant doesn't know who I am because nobody checked my background. The captain never asked me anything about myself. He goes, can you do that? Yeah, okay, Go. I mean, that could be like a, a clerk at a store. They don't know. Like, go do that. See, it didn't matter. It didn't matter. Get up there. Do what you do. That. Do that thing. And I go up there, and the, here's how they introduce me. And next is this guy. That's how they... And I'm like... It was like I was the cleaning crew of the academy. I'm like, uh, hi. Uh, I'd like to walk you through spiritual transformation this morning, not using any religious terms. So... So one hour... Sometime I'll tell you what I did. And when I was done, 58 minutes, at the 58th minute, I said, and that's how that works. And they all started clapping. I don't think they knew why. They were like this. Like we're clapping. We're, We're not sure why. Something happened in the room. Something happened. And I just left. And I go in the bathroom, and there's a guy next to me, you know, next to me, you know, in the bathroom. He's in the SWAT uniform. He goes, were you the guy just talking in that room? Yeah. He goes, that must have been good. They're clapping. They're clapping in there. I know, yeah, thank you. What would you say? Well, I don't really want to talk about it right here, you know? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, they take a poll of the sergeants. The sergeants send a letter to the chief of police. We want this guy in the training. You know who can do that? You can do that. I could, t- I could teach you how to do that in one afternoon. Here's why you won't do it you're afraid that's all that's why the number one exhortation in scripture is don't be afraid don't be afraid okay father thank you for these kids jesus you love these people in this room they are beyond what they can ask or imagine oh jesus you long for them to know this about themselves in the word get in the word Don't let the enemy in the world tell you who you are. Ask God who you are and believe what he says when he tells you some amazing thing about yourself. Believe it. Move in the faith of that hope. And be ready to give an answer to that hope that's in you. When you're talking to Venezuelan kids and whoever you're with, Jesus, move among these kids. Take away their fear. Perfect love casts out fear. Perfect, Lord, show them that you really love them. Lord, lead them into tell the truth to you about where they're afraid and where they don't believe you. Just let them tell the truth to you, Lord, so you can move them into mind change, into form change, repentance, and transformation. Jesus, we love you. We're so excited to be with you, that you've invited us in. Follow me, and I will make you world changers. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you.